seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rogan world. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rogan world. Yeah, row it. So before we do a formal introduction, we were just talking about cereal because we're both eating right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what do you think of frosted mini wheats? Because to me, besides the fact that they destroy my stomach, I think they're one of the most delicious cereals ever invented. I think here's the thing. They're not top five for me because I both, you know, for both listeners to know that Aaron and, and I are critically glutarded um, with many things. And um so frosted mini wheats is very triggering to both of our digestive systems. But yes, Aaron, I'll agree with you. The, the cereal in itself is crunchy. It's got that sweet side. It's got a good texture oh. when, when you're when you're just chewing it. And it feels like maybe this is healthy, maybe because it's got like wheat or something in it. But um, it's got four of the five basic food groups, because if you put milk, milk in there, or almond milk, you have sugar, you have wheat. You have processed food. That's four of them, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I, I also don't do well with dairy. And I think, Aaron, you're kind of the same. Um, but uh, yeah. So what my problem is with mini wheats, though, unlike Lucky Charms, unlike Chocula uh, or even Cocoa Puffs, which leave your milk once you finish the cereal, like a really beautiful sort of like like taste. It turns frost mini wheats turns your Cereal into garbage water with fucking shark sticks that lacerate your tongue and the roof of your mouth. And you're not sure when to sip, pick that bowl up and sip or when to chew. And then it all gets confused. And then you just end up in a bad mood that was elevated by previously by your sugar rush from the frosting. <laughs> so uh, this is in our debate section. And just so you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of crazy things. This this is episode 50. But I and, and we're going to have a debate. And there's just wait for the topics that we have for episode for today. But before that, I'm just going to quickly debate. I think that the when frosted mini wheats get really, really soft and gooey and then you have the milk with just like the real like they're not sharp at all anymore. They're just they just like melt in your mouth with the milk and you drink that milk with the leftover mini wheats i think that's delicious i think it could be the best could be. part of the experience because you're and you're you know you're talking about it killing you which is understandable you know some things kill one person and don't the other but i actually think it's enjoyable i really enjoy that end of the frosted mini wheats uh experience uh, you know I, I i will give you that and aaron i just wanted to point out you know how i know you're from the west coast is you don't say milk you say I, milk um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out and, and welcome to episode 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to milk it for all we can. Uh, uh, and so well, welcome to episode 50. So just so you know, just like, uh, decades, you know, like there's the two thousands and they last it's 10 years. So the year 2000 started, but really like that whole beginning of the new millennium was like 10 years of milking it so episode 50 for us a big uh spoiler alert is gonna be episode 50 through 59 we're gonna be milking episode 50 with exciting things to come for the next 
10 episodes. So get ready for some guests. Get ready for crazy topics. Get ready for some new things we've never done on the show. And they're going to take place over an entire decade's worth of shows in the course of 10 weeks. So episode 50, I'm excited for episode 50, 51, 52, 53, all of it. As am I. And as soon as we can figure out what exactly those things are, they're going to be sick. Um, So I'm just kidding. We got some good stuff up our sleeves. Oh, Um, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. You went out briefly. Okay. I was saying. I I didn't get to hear you. No, all I was saying is I'm excited for what those are when we figure out what they are. But I was just kidding oh, because, yeah. yeah, we've got we've got good stuff, you know, we've got good stuff planned for you over these next 10 episodes, which will be a celebration of 50 episodes in with at least 50 more to go, if not 500 more. Um, yes, it's like Disneyland does that. They all have like their 50th anniversary or 60th anniversary of Disneyland for four years. And they just keep selling the stuff and having their like fireworks show that celebrating that year. And they do it for like four years. Like you can go to the 60th anniversary when it's like 64 years of it. So if Disneyland does it, we can do it. We're basically Disneyland. So, yes, speaking of episode 50, we have some big news from the quarantine. News from the quarantine. Slam Diego. Rohit and I went to San Diego and... We're going to be getting into this a bit more, but can can I just ask you, Rowett, for a highlight from your news from the quarantine and, and uh, going to San Diego? Yeah. First of all, if you listeners remember, this was the trip that I was convinced I could not go on. Hell, I'm pretty sure this trip was my idea. Um, mm-hmm. And I was it very was. upset that I couldn't go on it. And because of work and ends up, I did have to end up shooting on Friday and Saturday and the trip was a weekend, leaving on a Friday and spend and uh, staying Saturday and Sunday morning, and ends up, I made it happen because we were the guys weren't leaving anyway. Brad, Mike, and Aaron weren't leaving until Friday night, so I wrapped my shoot, hopped in the car, drove down to San Diego, and it was fine. While these guys spent all Saturday kind of like chilling on the beach, hanging out, going to the brewery, having dinner, I and it's fine. I, I was able to shoot and work through there, and then meet them at the game in around like I think like the third or so inning. Um, so still we're going to get to that. We're going to get, we're going to get to more of that. But I'd say my one big highlight was like cards and I know it sounds mundane. Yeah. Wait, wait, leave that as a hanger because ready for this. Our interview today is a special one. I will be interviewing Rohit about San Diego. And so, yeah, I'm excited. I get to be a guest. That'll be my second interview of the day. By the way, um, if I just want to give a big shout out to, um, you know, someone whose name that we, you know, he's made questionable recommendations on which shows to watch. Um, we promised mm-hmm. we wouldn't name Brad, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to name yeah, Brad. We won't name Brad because today Brad actually interviewed me in front of his agency. Uh, thank you t- to Ashley and the lovely people at Rufus for uh, bringing me on. And what I was doing, I was talking to uh, the media agency just right before I got into this podcast. I'm um, kind of about how to be creative and sort of, you know, my own journey from the media world to being a creative director and just how I see creativity and how can they, they can kind of push creativity. It was really fun. Um, we talked about, you know, there was definitely some uh, NSFW stuff in there, but overall I think it went really, really well. I had uh, some really great questions and a lot of technical difficulties kicking that off. So we lost about 20 minutes total of fun time. Um, but for everybody that stuck in and any new uh, listeners that came in through Brad and I plugging this podcast at the end of the 
presentation. Thank you and welcome to The Hopeless Show. Um, but yeah. That's great. And and then I just want to know because I uh, I had some interview questions that I thought Brad should ask. And I suggested them. Were any of them actually asked? Why don't, why don't you ask the, reach for the audience what some of those questions might have been? And I'll say yes or no. Okay, so let me just go in one second. Let me uh, let me just go in and find a few of the questions. So, <laughs> so one of the questions was, "You have a beard. You're like a poor man's Jeff Bridges, very poor." <laughs> and the question is, <laughs> no, no, you're just supposed to answer that. <laughs> uh... All right, another one. I'll try another one. Um. Working last Saturday sucks. I didn't work. I don't suck. Excellent question. Um, and I think uh, you are correct on all of those assertions. <laughs> um, here's a, just one more. I'm cur- I, I, There's a couple more. I'm just curious if they were asked. Uh, so Baldwin Hills, you live there. Steven lives there. Alec lives there. Daniel, Billy, all the Baldwins. And Rohit, Rohit Baldwin. I call bullshit. You don't live in Baldwin Hills. You lie. You actually got me there. I just I just roll up in uh, my Subaru and sleep in the trunk. It's a very popular uh, thing to do in L.A. these days. Um, so I'm just catching on to the trend. <laughs> All right. And, and then just two more questions. Thank you for those uh, terrible answers. What what what's it like making Legos for a living? Dude, it's fucking great. Because if I wrap up a meeting and it's like I don't have anything happening for that hour. You bet I'm going to the garage and continuing to build my my giant, enormous Lego Millennium Falcon. Um, so <laughs> I guess technically I'm getting paid for it. Um, so I think I think it's like a top 10 job that you can have. No lie. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. At least you're ranking yourself in the top 10. I mean, some people do at least. <laughs> so so uh, you have turtles for pets. Your point? Yeah. I don't have a counterpoint to that because you're right. <laughs> I have been exposed. I do have a pet turtle named Pete the Turtle. So she is <laughs> and, 2004. So she's going to be 17 in June. Actually, yeah, she probably just turned 17 this month. I don't know what date I got her, but um, yeah. It's pretty like you to not know the date of your pet's yeah. birthday. Yeah, um, seriously. Yeah, you don't You don't care. Uh, as a fan of the Giants, Knicks, and Orioles, have you committed suicide yet? Ooh, if I'm, actually, if, if you look behind this background I have, I'm actually dialing it from hell so i'm gonna duck my head so you can see it um oh yeah the, oh yeah well good good that's, and Aaron, you uh, could describe better, it too though but you i mean yeah it's 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 a hell there's clowns it's circle latino uh there's clowns and it's it looks like uh yeah someone just had committed many murders there yeah it's a circus town in the middle of the woods and it's really fucking and it's scary. in the middle of the woods Really scary looking, uh, and much like, uh, so much like, well, there's another last question, you know, speaking of scary, I just was curious. Your name is Rohit, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I believe so. So I guess when your parents were naming you, they, they realized that terrorist was already taken. (laughs) Well, the thing is there's so many terrorists. I just wanted to be unique, you know? So, um, you know, you can't just a terrorist like, Oh, which one? You know, with all those brown people, there's just you have to be able to distinguish. You have to distinguish. Yeah. Um, well, well, cool. I mean, I guess none of my questions were used, but I'm glad uh, that whoever was 
Brad, who should have used them, didn't. I mean, I'm not glad about that. I'm unhappy about that. But I'm glad it went well. So I'm congratulations on your your uh, big day with Brad. That we're, we won't talk more about Brad. And uh, now let's move on to topic one, which is big. And uh, for those listeners who are new, just know sometimes we do start the episode off with a lot of uh, different things like we did today. And sometimes we go right into the topic. Today we decided to cover a bunch of different avenues. So now let's go into the topic. Yep. And our first... Yes, our first, uh, thank you, Aaron, for explaining that for the new listeners. And our first topic of hopelessness is about BlackRock, big financial institution. Apparently, it was revealed that BlackRock has been buying up the housing market. So what you have is a huge, huge sort of investment in financial institution that has turned residential housing as a revenue stream and an investment Avenue, like an avenue for investment. So what BlackRock has been doing, they've been going to big markets, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Austin, New York, Chicago, um, you know, Seattle, wherever. They've been in all these major markets. They have actually been outbidding normal, everyday people on residential houses. Now, what's been happening is it's been a great market for home sellers, right? They've been getting 20 to 30% above asking in many scenarios, depending on the desirability of their location. What that means is you have these institutions with that can pay straight up entire cash, upfront payment, one and done. They're giving above asking value. And if anybody has tried to buy a home over the past year, even despite the interest rates reducing, you know just how impossible it is and how many people, how many bids that you've lost out to uh, out there, you know, to other buyers because they were paying cash and pay up front. That has been financial. A lot of it has been financial institutions like BlackRock. And what they are doing is they are literally buying our homes and they are, uh, and and they're 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 turning into a commodity and making housing even more unaffordable, and I think that this is absolutely crazy because the worst part is, is that they're buying with cheap Fed money that they're getting a lot of tax breaks on, and they can hold longer than we can stay solvent than the U.S. government or federal government will, and they they're still getting bailed out when you know things are going wrong, you know when they're like, like it, it, when they're crashing, it's it's. We are penalized for our bad decisions, and they are rewarded with bailouts for their good decisions. And I know that financial decisions are important to keep the world afloat, but this is, I'm like in a rage state about this. And Aaron, how do we find any sort of hope about Ooh. what's happening in the market, well, the housing market? The first, so this is this is the first part of, uh, of this that I want to pinpoint, because for new listeners, Rohit, Talks a lot on the show about he loves capitalism. Love it. But I do. I th- Not I th- sarcastically. I, I love it. Yeah. He No, he loves it. This is yeah. a passion. He loves it. Now, what I think, and I, I'm going to ask you this question. What I think we've realized is our current, what people call capitalism in the United States in 2021 is very different than the capitalism that you like. Uh can you explain that? And is that true? So there is, you know, I believe in a free market. And I think what, there's two things that grind my gears about this. One is that you do have institutions that are just, you know, treating homes as, as a commodity. And I think that goes back to the passionate, you know, Andrew Yang style, compassionate capitalism, right? But what is really crazy is that is the gut, it's, I believe in a free market, and a free market means as little government interference as possible. 
Now, what's happening is these institutions like BlackRock are using federal backstop money, which means 0% interest and zero risk due to their bailouts, right? I believe companies should, no company should be too big to fail. You have these companies that are too big to fail that are being protected through bailouts and through all these tax loopholes and all this shit that they are the ones that are, it's no risk for them to buy this. And that those risks are coming in the form of this government interventionism to protect our financial institutions. I think if something has to die, let it die. Let the free market decide. And this is not a free market. Um, so. Okay. Okay. So based on that, would you say that right now our country, it might be changing back a little bit, but right now, but for a long time, was our country um, a capitalist country or was it a, a country run on corporatism? Oh, the country has been running on corporatism for decades. You know, financial interests, special interests. It's it's. If you look at every single politician out there, they're all getting paid off. All these campaign donations, and then you look the way they vote. There's no question. You could see every single one of our members sitting in House and the Senate are bought for and paid for by corporations. I think that there should be money should be out of politics. I think, and I'm, that's what I'm scared. There's even some new legislation that's coming up. Uh, you know, previously it was part of HR one. I don't know if it's going to be added or separate. That is actually removing the two thousand. The like, I think it's around two thousand dollar contribution limit and uncapping it completely. So you can have unlimited corporate donations. So this is a really bad, really, really we're headed to a bad space. We are, our our speech is run by corporations. Our housing market is run by corporations. Our legislation is run by corporations. And our politicians are just the puppets that are just being, who the who have strings connected to that, those hands of those people that wear this dark blue Navy pinstripe suits sitting in boardrooms. Well, I do think it's funny that uh, Boris Johnson, who was like, you know, Mr. Trump buddy, is now like as we speak, I think he's with uh, Biden, just completely changing his rhetoric and just kissing Biden's ass like no other. Yeah. And it's just uh, so I don't think that this is just in the U.S. I mean, it just now I don't know how Biden will react to that or what what's going to come of it. But it's just funny to me. Uh, this was like, you know, he, he was considered Trump light, right? Oh, Boris yeah. Johnson was like, oh, yeah. Little like like UK's Trump. And now he is just slobbering on Biden's knob. He's a goddamn like, coward. Yeah. He's just, yeah. yeah. It's just, at least stand up. If you believe in something, stand up for what you believe in, but do not, like, he's just, yeah. He's just, he's as weak as Trump was. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Very weak. So here's, and I don't know how Biden will react because he has his views and I don't, I don't think he'll, he'll be, I don't think he'll be persuaded by Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening. Uh, but, uh, but with what you're saying, so the hope that I am going to give you is that people like us who are against corporatism, who are against the idea that corporations should control everything, who are into things as simple as a cryptocurrency or, and free speech and stating our mind and, and doing things to, with the market, like uh, the wall street bros did with stocks and, things continue to happen like that where it's the the ground it's the ground game that's getting people to act the more that continues to be is our generation and gen y and the or gen z gen z yep that's the next well, one. we are technically um, millennials to so gen y um, right so gen z uh as we come up and see that this corporatism is a bunch of bs i think 
uh, we are the hope for this type of BlackRock stuff going away. It's not going to go away now. Uh, it's going to go away as we keep bringing it to the forefront of people's attention and we keep standing against it by doing things rogue. The more think, rogue we do things, the better. I agree. And it's it's like, you know, honestly, you know, fuck the feds. I will always say fuck the feds. Um, and I know I'm sounding like some crazy person now, but it's the federal government does not have your best interests in mind. Um, and the alphabet agencies, they're out they're being run like businesses. They're not, they don't have your best interests in mind. But what is really interesting, and I think about this, this is a good transition to our next segment, talking about crypto. You're right. We can reclaim our independence through decentralized currency like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, like these cryptocurrencies. And the, the worst part is now that the government is, is trying to just get their hands in it. As you see, many countries are banning buying, banning trading. And even now there's a whole war on crypto. Um, people like Elizabeth Warren are saying, oh, listen, we need to stop crypto because it's bad for the environment. That is such a, like, yeah, it uses energy, but yeah, it's, we are, it's a war on crypto, which I think transitions us well to our cryptocurrency segment, Aaron. Yeah, and we need a song for this. I think we have to have a song. Made yeah, for oh, we actually have Dan. Dan, our our music guy, is going to be working on a song for that. Um, yes, yes. He, I've crypto. given I've given him the brief. It's crypto. Yeah, not Lipto. It's crypto. I don't know. So, so do you want to start? Because I have a couple things here. But but what this segment is all about cryptocurrency, but just in general, also like the free market. Uh, about this idea that we can go rogue, we can make things happen without without adhering to the system and cryptocurrency is something that represents that. So do you want to, and also we also, we'd like to preface that we know nothing about anything that we're talking about. Yes. And this is not advice far from advice. We like crypto and we are highly uneducated and we just, we just Aaron and I, this is our new gambling stream for us. Um, but we're hoping yeah. to, to, you know, we're holding and we hope to have yachts and Lambos soon enough. Um, I just want to give a quick update. Each update we try and update, you know, give people a note. It's like, hey, listen, how is Dogecoin doing? Right now it's about 32 cents. So, you know, it's still 10x of where we started, um, you know, on average. You know, Aaron got some that are much earlier, some that are later, same with me. But like I've, it's, it's Doge. I mean, Doge is kind of, it's, it's steadying out in the thirties right now. It's, it's fine. It'll, it'll go up in a year. Um, and then safe moon, which is another up and coming coin. They've started to, uh, you know, they're opening their own sort of, uh, app, um, where you can kind of trade on them so that, and it's, it's starting to get more press. Um, Mark Cuban, uh, has recently talked about safe moon. Um, so that's kind of remained steady also, but, uh, and muskets, that's another up and coming coin. That's meant to be like a, uh, another a coin that can sort of be as independent from the, uh, uh, I guess, from interference as possible. There's, we'll see if that's possible. But muskets is another coin to keep in mind. They're all kind of steady from where we were the last week. But Aaron, I think you have a bit of a news here. Well, yeah. I mean, so the more what to sum up what Rohit just said is we don't have yachts yet. Yes, it's and very, anyone who very irritating. Our, what we said, no, no yachts. Uh, I was just eating for lunch soup and saltine crackers. So that's not very yacht life like. It could be yacht rock like. Like I could see the Doobie Brothers singing to my meal. Listen to the music. Oh, oh listen to the music. <laughs> Eat saltines. Yeah. So, yeah, what's more yacht rock than yacht life? So, yeah, I do have news. So, to show how much we know nothing about anything. But sometimes things can just go well. There is a stock called AEMD. And 
I didn't know I had it. Because, you know, I move things around on my little... Sure. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Apparently, because I had... So, all of a sudden, this stock was in the news. Mm -hmm. It's a company that says they have a way to to get COVID out of your system. So, if you get COVID-19 or 20 or 21, whenever, whatever, if there's new variants and stuff, it gets it out of your system, which is... Awesome, right? So if you got COVID, I mean, I have a vaccine, you have a vaccine, but like, let's just say someone didn't and got it or we get it anyway. I don't know. It gets it out of your system. Awesome. So that came out and then this stock was in the news and it went up like like times 10 or, ten, and, or something like that really quick. And so I went and I was looking at my thing and I'm like, wait, I have this? Whoa. How do I have it and when did I get it? And I looked back and I realized in like mid-May, so about a month ago, I was in San Diego out and about and I was talking to some random people. And from my recollection, uh, which is, you know, slightly um, shoddy, my (laughs) recollection of this day, I was talking to some dude at, at a bar and he like told me about this thing. And so I think I went and like took a, one, like a little bit and moved it into this AEMD because a guy at a bar told me that it was going to be good. I didn't know this guy. I don't remember this guy. I couldn't pick this guy out from like 20 people if there was a, you know, crime line. But I do remember that there was like a guy who told me about this AMD and then a month later it goes up times 10. I'm like, dude, that guy's awesome. Dude, and then this yeah. thing skyrocketed. So then there's like this one chain and I was telling a few people about it like two days ago. I'm like, dude, this thing, like it went up times 10. And so then they all wanted to get it. I'm like, don't listen to me. This is advice <laughs> from a guy at a bar. <laughs> that I for no reason at all listen to don't listen to me and since then it's gone in half from what it was so what, everyone what, what's it currently trading at trading at like six bucks I think okay okay and when that guy told me to get it it was like a buck fifty I gotta say you have covered up at least with your narrative your insider trading flawlessly um so <laughs> well done feds fuck off you ain't got shit on arid um so, yeah the more yeah. and the moral of this is your advice can come from someone who says they're a financial expert your advice can come from someone who just like spins a wheel and picks it or it can come from a guy at a bar you just never know who's going to be right so i immediately uh sold the whatever i put in a few hundred bucks and then just like the rest I'm just love it. Okay. So this is again, we are not giving stock tips because we don't know what we're talking about, but congrats on, on on turning a little coin on that. Um, yeah, that was cool. But then there's a little bit of sad news. Oh no. Directly in the news about Bitcoin today. Apparently there was, which maybe shows the, the types of people who, what kind of people would you guess would go to a Bitcoin convention? Row it. Ooh, I think generally people that talk about Bitcoin a lot out to people that they don't know are some of the, probably the most insufferable people in the world. 
Aaron and I have a podcast, and this is one of our sticks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I imagine it's a lot of tech bros and a lot of dudes that have like really big shiny sunglasses with spiky hair. Um, well, yeah, you're totally right. So you nailed it actually. So the, and then which state of all states would you think would have a Bitcoin convention like a week ago? What would be the state, the flashiest state that would have a Bitcoin convention or in city in particular? I'd say Las Vegas. Or... Because it's not Las Vegas, but it's the other. Oh, what would be talk- the flashiest state with a lot of people who make like you know just well, terrible? I think decisions. maybe as a callback, we did talk about Florida. Um, yes, so probably, yeah, Miami. And then what city? Miami. There you go, yeah. nailed it, Miami. And so here's the problem. So everything you said about the people who went is correct. Twelve thousand tickets were brought were bought, and to the Bitcoin convention in Miami. And it's in Miami's Wynwood Arts District, which is actually, if you haven't been to Miami, it's a cool area. A lot of cool paintings on the walls and stuff. They have cool art. But the problem is all these people who went, who are the experts in Bitcoin, who want to learn everything about Bitcoin, you know what they also did? Didn't get vaxxed and spread COVID. (laughs) It was one of the biggest hotbeds of COVID of the last month was the Bitcoin convention in Miami. (laughs) (laughs) so thank you florida as always for giving us yeah i'm always grateful for florida though yeah they're giving us you're right Aaron. they're giving us content content always i mean from their governor DeSantis, he's given us content for the last long time to uh some of their residents who just don't get vaxxed go to bitcoin conventions and just spread covid like wildfires i mean it's I mean, are you surprised? I'm I just I actually think it's funny. It's sad if people got covid there and blah, 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 all the stuff you're supposed to say. But we're not a we're not a podcast with this. You're supposed to say I think it's funny. Like, dude, <laughs> you're going there to make money in the free market <laughs> and you just instead just spread covid. I love it. I love it. I think it's hilarious, to be honest. Um, it's so, so Bitcoin's a super spreader event. Super spreader coin. Yes. Great. Bitcoin was the biggest super spreader event of the last few weeks. Well, let's hope. um, Yeah, that's we can continue to evade all sorts of authorities with our crypto. But stay vaccinated, people. Um, Yeah. But also take your get your vax. So we're on to we're on to sports. Yes. And again, we always cover something sports related, sometimes a lot of things, but at least one. And this time. I have to tell you about something. So the other day, a friend of mine wanted to go watch a Clipper game with me at a restaurant simply because he'd never experienced watching a Clipper game with a Clipper fan. (laughs) This friend, we've known each other since high school. A playoff Clipper game, sorry. A playoff Clipper okay, game. Okay, okay. He's never experienced... Now, there haven't been that many playoff Clipper games over the years. Not too many. Very few. Over the last number of years, there have been more. But still not that many. But he... It was like... 
I felt like I was like a dinosaur. And he just wanted to go experience what it's like to be around me. And so then I thought, all right, should I like go all in? Because like if I'm the entertainment, it's obviously not the game. The Clippers did lose, of course. So it's obviously not the game. So should I go all in? So then I decided I'm going to go to this restaurant. I'm going to wear not my Clipper jersey. I have a Clipper jersey. that's like an all-star jersey that's really ugly. So I'm going to go to the restaurant in my Clipper jersey. And the game will be on. And I thought, like, there's got to be a few Clipper fans at least who are going to watch the game, right? So there were no Clipper fans at the game. No one was paying attention at the, at the restaurant. No one was watching the game. I was the only guy with any sort of sports gear there, period. And I had this ridiculous jersey on that I own. Was it like a like two-star a, Michelin restaurant that you were rolling into? See, that, another, another mistake, because that maybe would have been, <laughs> like, this was at, like, L.A. Cool Bar uh, <laughs> restaurant. So there were, like, a lot of people there, like, you know, their first time, like, going out with the guys. Or there was, like, a group of girls there that were, like, on their first, you could tell it was one of their first big girls' nights out post-COVID. And then there's me and my buddy and him, like, staring at me like I'm a monkey at a zoo. <laughs> As I cheer on the Clippers and the Clippers were up 15 at the half. And I looked at him and I said, you want to know what it's like to be a Clipper fan? I'll tell you we're up 15 at the half, which is perfect positioning for how we're going to lose this game by like three points. And row it. And I told him this, I said, so you're experiencing this. I, I look ridiculous. I look completely stupid. So that's one thing you're experiencing. I, I'm watching the game with nothing but negativity going on in my head. And I'm telling you what's going to happen. And he's like, but dude, you're up by 15. Like, this is cool, right? And he was like into the game kind of. Uh, I, I think he was as into just this, like watching people at the bar as the game. But he was into the game. And you know what happened at this game if you didn't watch it? It was game I, one of the... Uh, no, of I, the I didn't get to see you watch against, game one. It was game one against... Uh, stupid jazz and i won't get into how much i hate the jazz except i hate them with a passion i hate them i hate their fans i hate the the team in general just the city of salt lake city is just it's just there's so much that i could go on and on i hate that guy um it what's his name iglis there's just a lot of pain there's just a lot of a lot of awfulness on that team anyway they lost by three (laughs) <laughs> well, here's a here's the hope I can give you, Aaron. You know, sometimes, you know, especially over the past year and a half, there's been so much instability in the in this world, and I think we have to look for things for for constants, all sorts of constants, and just knowing that our teams will always, always, always choke is actually it can be a really big source of comfort you think back at just how okay i enjoyed the ride here you know and it's it's i'd I'd say i would take that expected clippers loss and same i take all the losses for my teams knicks giants orioles is like you know this is like this is this is home we're home everything's normal and you know i think that's the way i i i would like to position it to you because the clippers will never win an nba title Neither will the Knicks again. Maybe they will, maybe not. But I don't see it in our lifetimes. So the Baltimore Orioles will not win a World Series in my lifetime. 
the New York Giants probably will win a Super Bowl, a few more Super Bowls in my lifetime. But um, yeah, I could see the Orioles winning before the uh, before the Giants actually, just because you have young talent. Yeah, and like we, then they could put some money in, get a few free agents. Our division is too strong for us to really have much of a chance. Um, too much money. Fair, but the, the Sox and the Yankees. Well, I'll hope gong that because I also think this is shows why you know Brad did a mistake by not take using my questions because my first question about you and your sports teams would have been a great question. Look at that answer that you just gave. So I will hope gong this. Uh, Gong. That is our hope gong for All right. the listeners. And so this brings us to, if, if you've listened to the show, we've had some great guests on the show in the past. Everyone from, well, we just had uh, Portugal a Man on. We've had Alec Baldwin on. We've had WB Du Bois' grandson on. We've had WBA champions. We've had Stanley Cup champions. You name it, we've had it. I mean, we, we're basically the modern-day David Letterman, but better. So that's why we're stepping it up another notch to a guest that David Letterman couldn't even get on, that Conan couldn't even get on, that any of the Jimmies have not been able to get on, any of the Jameses have not been able to get on, even the Steven hasn't been able to get on. None of them. But we have this guest exclusively for you, our listeners today. We have Rohit. Woo! Yes, Rohit is being interviewed about one thing specific, his trip to San Diego. So welcome, Rohit. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's it's really great being a guest. You know, first time, long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah first time guest, long time host. So yeah, it's nice to be on the other side of this. And so, for my first question to you about San Diego, and I have a long list. I have about forty questions prepared. I'll probably ask three. Great is. When you went down to San Diego after this struggle, after this, am I going to go? Am I not going to go? This is the, you know, the first getaway with friends with like a dude trip uh, fr- since COVID, right? So this yep. is like our our first, we've all like our group of friends hangs out on a pretty regular basis. Um, we'll report back. I think we're having, are we having dinner next week? I think so. I think so. It's so, my first dude trip since fucking Brad's bachelor party in Denver years ago. And that was, uh, I would think about at I least two years ago, maybe three. Twenty eighteen, maybe or twenty nineteen. I don't remember what it was. Maybe twenty eighteen. So it was one of the one of those years. Yeah. So what was it like when you were driving down on your own? You you got there like twenty minutes after us, which was crazy. Yep. We but uh, but I'm glad we had two cars. So what was it like driving down? What was the feeling? What was the, what were the thoughts going through your head that you were about to go experience this, this first getaway, this first dude trip in at least two years? Well, there's a few things, Aaron. The first one was exhilaration. Cause now I get like two hours of unbroken up Harry Potter and audiobook time. As everyone knows, <laughs> I've been kind of rereading the series. I've read the series multiple times and now I'm listening to them for the first time. So that was amazing. Um, got, you know, a couple uh, hours of Harry Potter and the uh, Half-Blood Prince, uh, the sixth book, got into that. Um, and then all the way down, I also was nervous. Not nervous about, oh, only being there 20 minutes or not getting a good room because I got a great room. I was very happy with that. Um, I slept in the room with the crib. Um, blew up my air mattress. Yeah. was great. But I was actually afraid that, you know, we had two guys, you know, Mike and Brad are both parents of young, very young children. Um, and... You know, I was scared I'd get there and everybody would be sleepy. 
Um, but everybody, we, we wild out, we had a great time. Um, and by wild out, I mean, we played cards and just drank a few beers, but that's, that's, that's more wild out than I've done in a long time. Um, and we walked around a bit. We walked yeah. around the area. And then Sorry to interrupt your answer. I no, just no, no, no. That was it. Yeah, it, it was. It was a mix of exhilaration, relaxation with reading, but also just pure nervousness. If I'd be missing all the fun, so you didn't get. So since you didn't get to miss the fun, and you got to. So when you got there, and we started, you know, having a few uh, cocktails, and yep. and decided based on. Uh, Brad's idea to get into some cards in a game of spades. So what was your, what were your thoughts of, of playing cards and then your anticipation of what was to come on the trip? So I thought cards was a great way to start. I'd never even played spades. Brad opened up with, by explaining that some people, when they play spades in prison, they get stabbed for the game. So it was a great intro for me. Um, the problem was, uh, after a while, yes, after a few drinks, and I was just like kind of like hitting my pen a little bit too. Um, we got to a point where I forgot your, the difference. Your, between... your fancy pen. Yeah, your, uh, yeah. The one yeah. that you wear on your on your shirt pocket. Yes. So at that point, I'm just like baked and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I forgot the difference between spades and clubs. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. and I had to, <laughs> to sit there and like, uh... Uh, I was like, well, those ones kind of like a spade. If you were like to stick that clover looking thing in the ground, I guess it could work as a spade. And then clubs don't look like, you know, a nightclub with that. And I was just all fucking confused. And this stuff, when you're playing the game of spades, this has a significant impact on the outcome of your cards. Um, well, yeah, I will say that. A game called Spades where you can't tell what a spade is will give you a severe disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine for like the first hour and a half, and then it just all started taking over. Uh, so, And your team won. Well, yeah, and yeah. You guys we, did win. The game, the game lasted over two days, and Brad and I won a very close game. Um, so, so then going into that more, so... Uh, you stayed up really late, I believe, uh, like after three or something like that. It yeah, was quite yeah. late. Ate a lot of snacks, tons of snacks, tons of pistachios. So then we're going into the, the day, the next day. And you had to work before going out. So while we were at the we were at the beach and stuff, you had to, to get some work done. But then let's get into the fun. Let's get into the fun. Yeah. So what what was your feeling like after you were done working? There had been a lot of back and forth of how long you had to work, how long you didn't have to work. It ended up working out where you didn't have to work too long. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, my work that day was like 10 a.m. to like 6 p.m., which and it could have been a lot worse. And we were doing a shoot remotely and they were shooting like unfortunately all my shots were done around six o'clock, but they were shooting until 3 a.m. New York time uh, that day. So like that could have been me. In, in a certain world, which would have been midnight when I've been done. So I would have missed all Saturday. But then, you know, as soon as that wrapped, I called an Uber, uh, actually called a Lyft because, you know, and then I waited about 15 to 20 minutes. I, I was able to shower, get dressed, all that stuff. And the Lyft still hadn't been selected. And by the time I got there, I got a Lyft. I got to the game. You know, it was a little bit of traffic. Um, got there in like middle of the second inning. And I get to this beautiful stadium. Um, 
and it was like, you know, they, they checked my vaccination card to sit in a section, but then I moved up Mike, Aaron and Brad, you know, we had seats that were in the upper deck behind home plate. It was great. But then these guys moved up to like, like field box level seats, like on the field, on the first baseline, like incredible seats. They just walked in. So, uh, yeah, I joined them and we got seats that were in insanely more expensive than ours would have been that we paid for our upper deck seats. And it was great. I had an amazing time. The food was awesome. Crushed a great pulled pork there. Um, and all the, uh, the, the topo was, I think the topo Chico margarita drinks and all that. And like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was good. And I got, I got this awesome San Diego Padres hat, which I forgot to wear on the interview with Brad today. Um, even though I mentioned this, it trip. is cool. Yeah. It's a really good one. Um, and yeah, it was. And then we went out to the gas lamp district after that, which I guess is San Diego's party's town. Um, yeah. What did you think? Because you'd never been to San Diego. What did you think of walking out post COVID and just all of a sudden there's a city just bumping? Dude, it felt like Austin, the way the streets were set up and like people were spilling out of bars, lines everywhere. It was amazing. It's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen this in so long. And we ended up walking around forever just to find a place that we could get into. So we snuck into this one bar walking through like a shopping mall area through a back sewer side door. And we got into this, like, I guess restaurant loungy type place. I don't remember what it was called. It was like sugar or something like that, but it was space pods. Yeah. And from the outside, it looked like a cool bar from the inside. It was one of the worst places I've been to in my existence of life. Um, (laughs) And fortunately, you know, we sat in this big giant pod but like the seats were horrible. Nobody was serving us. And then we went to the bar. It was super loud and like we could barely hear each other. And then the velvet seats smelled like vomit that we were ordering at the bar. But we had our beers. We had a good time. It was amazing just getting out to a bar with the guys. Um, and then we came home and we played. I mean, I slept through the entire car ride home and I got a second win for when we played cards for again until almost three in the morning that night. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was great, man. Crush the Well, Oreos. we didn't just play cards. We didn't just play cards. Well, actually, I have two last questions. Yes. Two last questions in this interview. Um, and thanks for being a guest on The Hopeless oh, Show. Of it's course. It's really great. A, really a pleasure. So the second to last question is, what were your thoughts when uh, Mike and Brad wanted us to leave? And I believe you and I were, were, in, were being, you know, Ansel Adams a bit. We were taking some pictures. You know, the hard part about being an artist, Aaron, is that people just don't understand us. They don't understand our motivations and you can't rush the creative process. Um, so when we are stopping, stumbling, you know, around drunk uh, in the middle of traffic, trying to take cool pictures with like down the street, people just don't <laughs> understand that you need to wait for your friends and not get annoyed that they're stopping at every single middle of the street in the middle of the crosswalk to take pictures down the street. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Maybe they'll learn they about don't art get our one day. Art. No, they don't get yeah. art. They just no. didn't get art. And oh, the then Philistines. My set. My part two of that question is without giving away anything about it because we can't because I think it's wrong to. What were your thoughts on Mister Twenty Eight? Mister Twenty Eight. I literally have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, an even better answer: the fact that you because I can't say anything. So the fact that you don't even remember. That just shows how they make beer very well in Great. San Diego. Can you give me a hint? Um, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yes, I can. 
It involves one week of time and someone doing something in one week of time. Yeah, no recollection. So this is even better. So Rowick can't even explain what he definitely knows about Mr. 28. Who is Mr. 28? I have no And you no can't idea. guess who it is. Oh! <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, audience, we're not talking about that one. Um, no, no. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on Mr. 28 and just hearing that news. It makes me feel like there needs to be new Olympic sports. <laughs> Done. All right. Moving on to our last, <laughs> on to our last, the last question. Uh, what was the, so what was it like with Brad, your interview, the person who interviewed you today, creating a casino after we were done with our game and deciding, I think we played for like two hours where he was the house. Our yeah. chips were pistachios yep. and we were playing blackjack against him. So what, what did, what did you feel like doing a completely illegal rogue casino with Brad illegally running a, a, a casino ring? See, I thought Brad was great. And you're right. We did use pistachios as chips because this is very much a pop-up casino. And you and I were playing blackjack. And here's the thing. Brad's a great casino boss, right? Because he's, First of all, he didn't throw me out for being like, again, drunk. And when I hit on 18. Um, and <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it at 19? No, I might have hit on 19, or, maybe. Yeah. On 19, uh, he hit. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to get 21, bro. Um, so if I got an ace or a two, I'm golden. Um, so... Yeah, he did. He didn't throw me out, and that means also the other guests didn't get super pissed. So that was great. Um, and the fact is, you know, he he created his own bank, um, and you know, he funded us. Um, I thought it was really great. In the end, I lost uh, three dollars or six dollars. You won three, right? I won three dollars, but we were so, up a lot, and Brad was sweating. He was getting nervous, yeah, like, "Oh, this yeah. was a bad idea," because we could have just kept doubling and winning, and like all of a sudden, he's just out, like. You know, he has to give us his car, which would have been funny. Yeah. So that would have been great. Well, anyway, Rowan, I mean, I don't want to take I don't want to take all your time. I know you have many more interviews to do today. So thank you for being a guest on The Hopeless Show. Thank you for bringing hope to San Diego, hope to the fact that you can work and play at the same time. You know, just you were you're a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Aaron. It's great to be here. And back and, to the hopeless show. That was a great guest that we just had on. Um, yeah, yeah Our, I love that. Would guy. you say it was your favorite guest ever? Yeah, possibly, possibly. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to top it, but you know, maybe one day. <laughs> um, but Aaron, uh, let's move into the next. Uh, we have the debates. I wonder, based on time, do we save the debate or do we go into it? I know we have a couple topics. I think we, we save. I think we save it. Yeah, great. I think let's we save, save the debate. So, just so you know, as listeners, we got we have debates. Every week, we've already had debates today. So that's why we're thinking we're going to save this debate and hang it on for episode 51. So we, we will wait. We'll save it and go right into uh, topic two, which yes. is usually my topic. And I feel incredibly hopeless about this, Rohit. Which so is topic two. And we'll get to the debates, we promise, uh, next time. So topic two, they, uh, a list came out. The Global Livability Index, which I didn't know was a thing, but I found it. 
So there's a global livability index, which ranks the most livable cities in the world. Uh-huh. Now, I guess we'll, we'll play a little game first for you in the audience. Uh, to guess in 2021 what the single most livable city is in the world. What, what was ranked the single most livable city in the world. Um, I would say the most livable city in the world. Ooh, I'm going to go with, because you got to take in walking scores. You got to take in like um, all that. I would say probably, ooh, Singapore. Okay, that's not in the top 10. I'll give you okay. a second guess. And you're not, uh, I'll give you a hint too. You're not in the right region. Okay. Uh, livable cities, Austin, Texas. Also not in the top 10, not even close. Uh, All right, so I guess I'll just have to tell you. Yeah, what do we got? And it's a a city I love. It's a city I was generously taken to for work and got to speak at. It is a fantastic city. The only problem with it is the isolation factor, that there's nothing close uh, besides this country, which is maybe the most beautiful country I've ever been to. Auckland, New Zealand. Oh, I'd love to go to anywhere in Aust- you know, Australia, New Zealand. Wow. So interesting you just said that. Okay, so Auckland. I've been there. It is a great walkable city. You can walk everywhere. There's uh, some public transportation. It's beautiful. It's got this big tower in the middle. So if you're ever confused of where you are, there's this giant space needle in the middle of it, and which has a casino in it that is the like, Okay, I don't know where I'm going. Oh, yeah, there that's where it is. It's just and then you go drive anywhere. There's boats that takes you to islands. There's like the scenery is gorgeous. It's just a great city run. Their uh their uh, prime minister is really organized COVID in a great way. So they they're just their government's good. They She's cute when too. They right? their, yeah, she's cute. Yeah. Um Jacinda they, Aaron, I think. Jacinda, yeah. 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 So they uh and then they also another thing that Auckland has that was uh, was I think impressive was when they had their mass shooting, which was awful because the guns are basically banned there. But when they had their mass shooting, um, she just immediately banned all assault rifles, like all gun, like you can have a like you can have a hunting, a hunting rifle, and that's about it there. She just banned it immediately. All right, there was a mass shooting, we ban it. So they've got everything from beauty to I think logical. Uh, logical politics and uh so it was number one now i will ask you to guess how many because this is where the hopelessness comes in how many australian cities do you think are in the top 10 well with just using because you mentioned clues, it you yeah, mentioned using context clues i'm gonna go either with one or zero and if it is going to be one i would say it's going to be brisbane Brisbane is number 10. Oh, and wow. You are, you are wrong in that oh. there are four cities Whoa. from Australia. So like Sydney also, obviously, right? Sydney is not one. Oh. What other ones are there? Adelaide. Uh-huh. I know somebody. Melbourne. There. I know people from there. Perth. Okay, I know people from there. Um, and so, so here's... What's amazing, Australia and Sydney, their biggest city, isn't even in there. 
But Australia has four of the cities. New Zealand has one of the cities. Mm-hmm. So can you guess how many cities in the United States are in this list? I would say one, and that's New York probably. And you are one off. It is zero. And wow. this is where I feel hopeless. Here are the top 10. None of them are in the U.S. The, the first U.S. city is 14th. And I'll have you guess that too. These are the cities. Auckland, Osaka, Adelaide, Wellington, New Zealand. So a second New Zealand. Tokyo, Japan, which makes sense. Perth, Zurich, Switzerland, Geneva, Switzerland, Melbourne, and Brisbane. So there is a U.S. city that is the first U.S. city in the list. Well, it's and not San Francisco because everyone just shits on the streets there and like you got crazy homeless people stabbing everyone. Um, but wait, people, don't, uh, people wouldn't like that. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Their, it's, it's, it's less exciting uh, these days, but um, I would say if it's going to be a U.S. city, uh, it'll probably place San I Diego. Like, I was going to put like a hundred bucks on you not know, guessing it. And I was right. San Diego. Uh, no, it is uh, Honolulu. Oh, that the doesn't furthest, count. Cause, the cause, furthest city. Well, I don't even think it mentions the second one in this article. Yeah. At least. There isn't even a second one. So give me hope because what this article says is that the country that we live in is that we personally live in. And we do actually have listeners for this sh- from this show in Australia, which is cool. But we, we the country that we live in has zero cities that are considered livable here's what we do have fuck the cities man at least we can like unlike australia we can have blood in our video games right they just like they they censor it out right um and um you know guns are sweet so we can have those (laughs) um and we have (laughs) minus the shooting part yeah Yeah, okay Um, all right you're stretching it here (laughs) (laughs) and we don't have to talk funny we can drive on the right side of the road um and it's great okay Um, others would say we do talk funny all right you're 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 swinging for the fences here and you're missing the ball by about a foot let's get something hopeful hopeful please i'm begging you or is there nothing that hopeful about this or does our country just like have is do we suck um no we're awesome we're awesome and all the other countries are jealous haters and that's why they're not ranking us so (laughs) usa usa uh yes that's the hope dude we've ruled (laughs) all right what other country has more people trying to live here than anywhere else on the planet where we have more people trying to immigrate both traditionally and a bit illegally everybody's trying to get refuge here Everybody wants to move to the United States. That is my barometer uh, for what's awesome. So, um, all yeah. right. And I, w- I will tell you this: we are not, we are not listed in the list of ten least livable cities in the world. And uh, the least livable city is Damascus, Syria. That's considered the least. The second least is Lagos, Nigeria, which we've talked about before. Niger- Lagos, Nigeria, dude, Boko Haram, and I was born in Nigeria, and I, I know, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't like this list, uh, and I love Nigeria, <laughs> awesome, but like, there, dude, that's it. You gave hope. You don't yeah. like the list, and since yeah. you're, you know, you're one half of this show, I will hope gong the fact that Rohit simply just does not agree with this list. That is what matters most. Hope gong that you don't yes. like the list. 
we will move on to finish our show yes. because you and, don't like the list. And I think, Aaron, we should probably just uh, move to Hope and 60 and save the rest of the topics for next time. Um, Absolutely. Because yeah, we have, uh, we've, we've covered so much ground. Yes. yes we have a lot so, of things that we normally do that we will skip, including Hopeless TV, including uh, Guess the BTS, about BTS, the K-pop band, which is our favorite band in the world, even though we don't know their music. So we will go right to Hopeless in 60 seconds, Hope in 60 seconds, which is where we bring hope to you in 60 seconds. Rohit, do you want to start? Uh, this is amazing. Uh, Representative Louis Gomert from Texas uh, on a call this week asked whether the Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Life Management can alter the orbit of the moon or the earth in order to fight climate change during a House Natural Resources hearing. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, Republican from Texas asked, hey, listen, can we deal with uh, climate change by maybe just like, let's just change the orbit of the Earth or the moon to try and fix things. This is Wait, an elected. What's his, na- what's his name? He's a His name is Louis Gomert, G-O-H-M-E-R-T. And he's a he's, he's a he's a Texas, I think he's a state representative. He's not in the uh, federal government. Okay, easy. This is the simplest hope I can give. I have thought this for a long time. I have 10 seconds. I have thought this for a long time. I still believe it. Besides Austin, Texas can secede from the nation and become its own country. And all we want is Austin. So let's do that because we just don't need the rest of Texas because yeah. these kind of buffoons just don't need to exist. And yeah, they're, and fuck they're you, Ted that Cruz. was really special. Um, do you agree? Can I hope gong that? Just sure, besides Austin, sure. I love bye Austin, bye Texas. Yeah. I mean, Texas does have some cool shit, but yeah, let's gong it. All right, the next one is another favorite politician of mine, uh, AOC. Okay, let's see. That that clown this week, uh, she put out his tweet saying how her abuela in Puerto Rico is living in squalor and horrible conditions, um, and it's all because of Trump. Um, and I don't care. I hate Trump too. But so then um, what Ben Shapiro and some other conservative people they did was really funny. They started a GoFundMe and raised $100,000 for her grandma to get her out of those conditions. But AOC, because it came from conservative people, they declined the money being raised for her grandma and they wouldn't even give it to charity. So she owned her grandma to continue to make a point. Help me find hope there that this is another elected officially clown. Um. I'm not going to bring hope to this specific situation. If you're ever given $100,000 by someone legally or sometimes illegally, take it. Simple. The end. <laughs> the end. Yes. Gong. Okay. Gong. And one more to wrap up our show. And this one's yours, Aaron. That was the hope. And gong. go. I have a question for you, Rohit. So, Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of. Israel for many times over the years. Like he's had it, then he's left, then he's come back, then he's had it. So I think he's kind of a schmuck, but he actually is a schmuck. He's like not a good dude. It's always sad though to see someone's reign end. So, and especially when their reign is going to probably end up with them going to prison or possibly end up with them going to prison like Netanyahu. He's about to be done like this week. So give hope to people who actually like Netanyahu on what might happen. I mean, him. it's hard to find hope because he was replaced with a guy or he's going to be replaced with a guy that's, some of the, that's possibly even more Zionist. Um, so that's like not a great look for the Middle East. But um, I think for people that are the RBB fans, um, oh, God, 
maybe taking I think a good chant is like you know you can you can work with the lyrics like free and BB they rhyme it can make a good song you make a good chant so maybe it'll make cool shirts and such um, but yeah <laughs> that's it free BB yeah. is, the, is yeah. the shirt all right hope gong well, that free my beat free my baby BB um, <laughs> yeah all right done yes Awesome. So that's hope in 60 seconds. You've all felt a lot of hope from that. And now we just end the show with uh, submissions fan mail. You can always send us questions uh, to our socials or however you want to. You can make a plane that writes the letters in the sky if you want. You can put it on the Goodyear blimp. We'll answer your questions no matter how you want to submit them. Today, or one of the the submissions today was from Deidre in Colorado. She said, how can I be involved with I Am Able? And for those who don't know, I Am Able is a campaign we are doing to bring awareness to people with invisible disabilities so that everyone can be created equally. And so Deidre, thank you for asking that. Thank you for caring about it. And the simplest question is to go to IamAble.info and watch the video, share the square, and sign up so that you can learn more. So that's what I encourage you and everyone else to do is to uh, go to IamAble.info and sign up and share the square because this is all about doing good in the world so that everyone can be treated and given a fair chance in their abilities. So with that, we're going to end the show, Rohit. Uh, hope fulfilled. The I, I believe the big hope fulfilled this week is that we went on adventures and we have many more to come. And we haven't had that much before since we started doing this show because of COVID. So I am excited for one for for one to be doing more adventures with you and then reporting back to to the audience about them and just to further show the audience just how stupid both you and I can be. Oh, we're which is very stupid. Maybe we can even do a podcast recording on the road, alive uh, from where we are. But thank you guys for being with us for fifty episodes. This is a big yes. moment for all of us, and it gives it gives us hope that the you know the listenership continues to grow every week, and um, you know which means hopefully we're doing something right, or you're just listening to us because wow, I, you know it's like I can't believe what these clowns are saying. Regardless, for whichever reason you're listening to us, we are truly appreciative of you. Thank you for being with us for these fifty, and we look forward to many, many more. Until then, stay hopeful. I'm Vohit for Rohit with the number four in all platforms, and my co-host is. The Aaron Wolf, T-H-E, Aaron Wolf, because Aaron Wolf was already taken when I signed up. The Aaron Wolf (laughs) on all social media platforms. And then it's also The Hopeless Show on all social media platforms. You can also write to that. Yes. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay hopeful. See you at the Big 5-1. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope. A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless soul With Aaron and Rogue it woke